Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Nuck If You Buck. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads podcast network, including Cavalier Central, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, The Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, hosted by me, Devin Zanskis and brought to you by Hoopheads as always. Today I'm coming at you solo, but we have to cover whether or not it's time to panic for our Milwaukee Bucks. The the Bucks capped off a week facing two teams under 500 twice, only winning the last contest to end a five-game losing streak, uh, the first of which since the 2016-2017 season, according to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. As always, I look ahead to each week and know the Bucks record I can reasonably expect and be happy with. Going into last week, facing three very tough opponents, I thought I would definitely be happy with coming out uh, with a 2-3 or record. Of course, we ended up winning only the first of those three contests, which led to our five-game winning, (laughs) I wish five-game winning streak, leading to our five-game losing streak. Going into this past week, I would have wanted to go at least uh, 500 against the Raptors and Thunder, but to only uh, come out winning the last of four games and lose five in a row is quite discouraging to say the least. I still don't believe it's time to panic. To me, the biggest eye-opener was how important Drew Holiday is to this team. Maybe that's more obvious to others than it was to me uh, at first. But if you think about it, even looking back to last year, had we lost a a George Hill and an Eric Bledsoe at the same time, and whatever the value of those picks would be to this roster, um, if you could imagine that, maybe the Bucks, uh, even last year, wouldn't have been, um, wouldn't have been in the best shape. But, but yeah, to me, that was the low-hanging fruit for why this Bucks team um, fell in all of these games. I still don't think that's a great excuse losing, losing our third best player, leading to losing five games in a row, but. Uh, we can get into these these contests here and try to unpack exactly 
what went wrong here. To review the first loss to the Thunder, it's a fairly close game most of this game. Um, the Bucks lost 104 to 109. The starters, of course, were the same here as they had been for a while in Dante, Bryn, Chris, Giannis, and Brooke. The Thunder, however, uh, they were not starting, or not even starting, they didn't really dress a true point guard at, at all as they were missing, of course, a George Hill, where he ended up, and then uh, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, uh, Teo Maladon, rookie out of France. So I thought I thought the Bucks looked to have pretty good chances going to this game. I didn't realize they would be losing all these people right away, but I noticed that um, Justin Jackson, who came up quite big late here, did an exceptional job actually uh, guarding guards. He's he has kind of a slim frame, which I suppose would help him get around screens. But uh, he was also moving quite quickly laterally, so that made up for some of the difference in not having a point guard. Obviously, Lou Dort, Lou Dort is one of the best wing defenders in the league. Uh, so yeah, even without all those all those point guards uh, that the Thunder were missing, they still had plenty of long switchable defenders. Um, they definitely seem to be knocking down more shots than I I would have expected, and I think um, yeah may, maybe the Bucks kind of tried to force those guys to make more shots than they normally would, uh, but at the same time once those shots were going in, maybe I would have expected them to try to force them off the line more as really all these guys I also wouldn't have think wouldn't think would do too much damage off the dribble either, but obviously they came out victorious. It was really ugly offense from both sides in the second quarter, I noted, until uh, Chris Middleton heated up, scoring 17 points, 7 of 10 shooting, 2 of 3 from, from 3 in 18 minutes uh, up until the half, where the Bucks were down uh, 41 to 52 to the Thunder, which was the least amount of first half points that the Bucks had scored all year. I noted a, a Giannis frustration foul of course, after a tough Horford contest that I thought could have been called for a foul itself, but just another theme that I'm that I've been noticing for quite a while. Um, Chris also had a fourth foul uh, fairly early in this game in the in the thir- third quarter that Bud tried to challenge, but it was unsuccessful. Uh, there was an offensive foul called uh, on Chris following Lou Dort. The uh, bench shooters were actually heating up a bit for the Bucks uh, late uh, in the third quarter of this first game of the week. Um, at around the at around one minute left in the third quarter, I noticed that Portis went on a bit of a bit of a run himself, uh, hitting a three and then uh, grabbing a steal, and then uh, after that steal, also knocking down a face up two to take the one point lead from the Thunder late in the third quarter. At the end of that third quarter, Bobby Portis and uh, Bryn Forbes each, each had 14 points. Um, but then Al Horford here, uh, quite a st- quite a standout. He had a he really turned turned back the clock a bit, uh, driving past a, a Bucks defender and then slamming it home off the dribble. Something I wouldn't have expected from Al Horford at this point. But after three quarters himself, he had 14, nine, and five um, in 22 minutes. Entering that fourth quarter, uh, teams were tied again at at 81 points. Um, Giannis actually um, ripped, ripped away a ball from Hamadou Diallo to get to get redemption from uh, 
the turnover Giannis had where Ken- Kenrich Williams actually ripped it out of Giannis's hands earlier in the game. But then uh, Darius Baisley actually went on a huge run for the Thunder uh, late. There were a few uh, outstanding plays from him, starting off with a jam, um, driving right past Giannis and Chris for the slam. And then he had another play where he where he drove uh, right past Torrey Craig with, with ease and hit a really tough uh, floating layup. And then after that, he grabbed a huge rebound to lead the break. Um, in transition that ended up in a in a Justin Jackson corner three. Uh, after this short little run, uh, Giannis had a had a pretty huge block himself, reaching to the heavens to to swat Justin Jackson's shot that he that he wanted a goaltend on, but um, alas, the refs didn't call it. And in the replay, I remember it looked about as close as it could get to it. Um, Giannis reaching the ball right at its apex. Uh, but definitely not close enough to overturn, I think, even if it would have been challenged, although it was not. Um, then there would be another uh, Bucks block here to try to to try to steal this, to try to steal this victory here, um, in which Chris Middleton blocked Kenrich, Kenrich Williams from behind. Um, but then that led to Bryn missing a wide open layup. Um, there were just a few kind of plays that I noticed here there were a couple uh Chris drives late in the game that ended up with uh, a Giannis uh, cleanup put back Dante also hit a few or just a couple notable big shots here he hit a he hit a huge three for us and then afterwards he also knocked down a kind of a kind of a mid-range uh elbow two but then uh Justin Jackson would hit the the biggest shot of the game here with um I believe it was less than 30 seconds left here, maybe around the 15-second mark. Justin Jackson knocked down an enormous three uh, right in Dante DiVincenzo's face to give them the five-point lead, which is pretty much the dagger in this game. Chris missed a tough three that ended up in a in a Horford foul where he hits two free throws in a row. Um, Bucks came charging down the court in which uh, Chris found Giannis on a roll where he fumbled it. Bobby Portis recovered it. Ended up slamming it home, but it was still uh, even even that much of a lead was too much to overcome at that point with few few seconds left in the game. Giannis would close out this first contest 24, 10, and 17 on 10 of 18 shooting, three blocks, and three steals uh, in 35 minutes. And the excuse from this game, well, Bucks fans obviously uh, came quite tire- tired of the excuses. Uh, at the end of at the end of this week, but the the excuse going into this game from the broadcast was just, you know, that it was the last game of of a long five game uh, road stand, and maybe it would be understandable for the Bucks to be tired after this. But still, it's it's hard to make excuses falling to a team without their best player um, and a team that will definitely be in the lottery, um, especially in hindsight now looking at the two Raptors defeats. The first of which was much closer. It ended up being a, a 113 to 124 loss to the Raptors in the first uh, first game of the Raptors doubleheader. And it was even closer throughout a lot of the game, kind of going back over the highlights before this recording. Of course, the second game was was the most demoralizing, losing uh, 96 to, um, to 110. 
the Bucks ended up with the same starters here in the first game, and then the Raptors uh, rolled out a uh, Kyle Lowry, Van Vliet, uh, Norm- Norman Powell, OG Ananobi, and Pascal Siakam. Uh, you'll note there that uh, that the Raptors weren't starting a true center there. They've definitely been disappointed in Aaron Baines, and they've been in talks about acquiring an acquiring an Andre Drummond. Um, of course, I don't think the Raptors would want to give up uh, any of Lowry, Van Vliet, Ananobi, or Siakam. So I think best case scenario for for the Cavaliers coming back there would be would be uh, Norman Powell, and then maybe some other salary filler, including including like an Aaron Baines. Uh, maybe you would still want Baines as a backup center because they are pretty pretty thin there. But you know, there's quite a bit of salary to to fill in there if you don't want to give up any of your top four guys for the Raptors. And I would not recommend doing that if I were them. Um, and going after an Andre Drummond. And this might be something that Bucks fans look at. I know um, in losing five games, it's certainly nothing to shrug off, uh, especially for this team with title aspirations. But I get it. It might be natural to to point fing- fingers and want to move on from from guys. I know uh, in recent years, myself included, we've become pretty infatuated with playing armchair GM, and a lot of people um, are seem to be um, joining the bandwagon to to be out on Brook Lopez. I you know that that I'll probably die on the hill of of wanting to stick with Brook Lopez. Uh, I don't need to go into it too much because I feel like I've belabored the point plenty. But I would just implore any anybody wanting to move on from Brooke Lopez to ask themselves what they would expect in return from him. Because I think you still want four guys to spread the for, the floor. So is there someone is there someone out there that you think that you think would be able to spread the floor as much as Brooke Lopez? Then I would maybe ask myself, will he be the same defensive? Pr- Will he be the same defensive presence as Brooke Lopez? I think that you also would be hard-pressed to find that. Now, I'm definitely not advocating for this trade at all, but someone that kind of came to mind was a Thad Young. I think Brooke Lopez definitely has more trade value than a Thad Young at this point. Um, but that's someone you could maybe say would bring a similar defensive presence to to Brooke Lopez, but maybe in a different way. Um would give yourself a more switchable lineup against smaller lineups uh, like this Raptors team. But then again, you're also not getting that same shooting presence that Brooke had. So uh, I would maybe temper any of those thoughts about trading a Brooke Lopez and maybe just recognize that, you know, it might be a little reactionary to these uh, five straight losses. But uh, TNT crew also noted before this game that, um, that the similarities were stri- were quite striking comparing the teams and their recent performance. For the Bucks, they actually had, seems like a million years ago, but they had five straight wins <laughs> going into uh going into that uh loss last week against the Phoenix Suns. Of course, starting there was a three game losing streak up until that point. But then the Raptors before this game had also won five of six games and then lost two in a row. So ironically going into these two contests the Bucks and Raptors had 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 fairly similar performances Raptors obviously crawling their way back from a uh, you know a lottery bound record to now trying to fight for uh, home court advantage in the Eastern Conference I also wanted to note from a 
from the TNT broadcast that they didn't have Chris, none of them, not one of the four four main guys on the TNT crew had Chris Middleton as an all-star, as an all-star reserve. Um, I wonder how much of this has to do with, uh, with the big skid that, that the Bucks have been on and, you know, obviously the recency bias that does certainly come into play with all-star voting, but um, yeah, I didn't have a ton of, I honestly did not have a ton of specific notes from this first contest. Uh, you know, early in the week with my day job, sometimes I do have to pull, pull some late nights here. So I was kind of multitasking during this game, but I think a lot of, a lot of the notes, you know, two losses, obviously one much worse than the other if you're watching the game, but a lot of the notes from both these games can apply. Um, obviously, Pascal Siakam, I think I saw something where um, after that second Bucks game, he had had like four or five games with with more than 20 points, maybe even a 30-point contest in there, if I remember correctly. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but that's a guy that I would say equivalent to some Bucks players uh, exiting uh, the bubble had uh, a lot of criticism, so um, I'm sure a lot of his performance, which may seem foreign now to some kind of short-sighted folks here, um, could be a source of of this run for the Raptors. Obviously, OG Ananobi was quite impressive to me in, in both of these contests. Uh, I was definitely aware that he's one of the best one-on-one defenders, but he proved it here against uh, both. Chris and Giannis, but he also showed that he's able to to use that strong body of his to get into the paint too, where for some for some big finishes at the cup. Um, but yeah, I guess I'll get into uh, some more specific notes from the second game, in which I had more notes on, and what was kind of what kind of struck more fear in Bucks fans' eyes. Luckily, in that second game, although the Bucks had the same starters, the Raptors were. Um, they were missing Lowry in that one, so they didn't have the same starters in that first defeat. They had uh, Fred Van Vliet, DeAndre Bembry, uh, Norman Powell, OG Ananobi, and Pascal Siakam. Still uh, starting Siakam there in the nominal five spot, um, but uh, chugging along here on this five-game losing streak, the broadcast did mention that this was the Bucks' first four-game losing streak. Um since the 2019 Eastern Conference Finals, um, in which we faced the Raptors as well, <laughs> um, so yeah, a little a little bit of irony there that this is where we would be seeing our first four-game losing streak. Of course, it would be extended here. Um, in the second Raptors game, Bryn would get out on a hot start, in particular, uh, shooting uh, three of four from the three-point line with nine points in seven minutes. Um, but unfortunately, uh, this, the Raptors had a huge lead throughout pretty much most of this game as they went on a 15-2 to run uh, from about the 2.5-minute mark in the first quarter to the 9.5-minute mark in the second quarter, which would lead the Bucks to be down 41-58 uh, to 58 at half. Um, I know that, that the Lockdown Bucks, um, Lockdown Bucks' Kane Pittman said that in this game it was probably the most lackluster energy that he had seen in all of his time watching the Bucks. or not sure how far back his viewing history goes, but uh, at, le- at least in recent years, I believe he was saying it was kind of the worst uh, 
kind of the worst energy presence that he had seen from the Bucks, and it definitely showed in this game. And the Athletics Eric name also pointed out a tweet here as I was trying to make sense of what other Bucks fans were seeing from this game. He was just saying that it was just a, a putrid performance all around, and I would have to echo that as well. Going into the half, the turnover disparity was Bucks 10, Raptors 4, and you know, I wouldn't have been shocked if it was even more than that, even at half, because you know, with with this small bot with a small ball lineup that the Raptors throw out um, there, there's a ton of activity on defense, and then when you're not matching, uh, if when you're not at least trying to match that same energy, um, you're definitely gonna you're definitely gonna um, you're definitely gonna give up a lot of turnovers. And I think uh, Lockdown Bucks came Pittman also made a joke that that. Uh, that the terrible uh, lackluster passing from the Bucks there could only be explained by the Bucks not uh, being used to um, having their teammates wearing blue. So maybe that played into it as well. I will not allow that to be the main excuse here. But um, one play that I think kind of encompassed a lot of our concerns here with with the energy was when OG Ananobi cut for a, a wide open uncontested dunk, which led to a bud timeout. Uh, as a viewer, I was kind of frustrated with uh, Brooke and Giannis nearby that that they didn't really go up to try to contest that. But also, um, Brooke was frustrated after the broadcast noted, um, potentially due to the lack of rotations. As, as right there, OG Ananobi probably wouldn't have necessarily been Brooke's man for Brooke to contest that shot. I guess the blame there might be on Giannis, but um, regardless, uh, I did note that Giannis did bring more of a sense of urgency in the third quarter. Sometimes I find myself being frustrated where where Giannis wouldn't seem to be showing 100% the Giannis that we know he can be with his sense of urgency until it's too late. But um, it was nice for me to see that at least in the third quarter. Of course, the game was already away from us, so that would make sense. But there's something of note, I thought. Um, he showed this in getting to the line twice in a row, but he was only shooting 6 of 11. Um, he was only shooting 6 of 11 from the free throw line through three quarters, Giannis was, so that definitely won't help us um, either if that's how he's producing at the free throw line. Broadcast also noted that the Bucks were 0 of 9 this season when trailing. Um after three quarters um and also getting to this point now it's definitely worth mentioning that that um that Thanasis definitely provided a spark for us here um at the end of the game Thanasis and Craig would end up playing the same amount of minutes and then um spoiler alert um Thanasis would would end up getting getting the rotation minutes over Craig in that last contest against the Thunder that we'll get to where Craig got the the DMP coach's decision, but you know, at the beginning of the year, we kind of talked down a bit to uh, about Thanasis getting playing time and and Craig's stead when he was when he missed some of the first games of the season, um, and then even Thanasis still playing over Craig when Craig had initially come back. I'm still not out on Tory Craig. I don't think Tory Craig is solely to blame for. For the Bucks' lack lackluster energy, this is more so just um, to point out that that um, that you know Thanasis' energy is not really um, 
no, it's definitely a real strength for this team and a strength for Thanasis and something that he can provide when when we do uh, see these sort of lulls in in a long season. I still don't think I would want to want to see him in a playoff rotation, but you know, hopefully we don't uh, we don't we don't fall back this far in the playoffs uh, like we did against the Heat. So it's good to know that he's here. He's here providing energy, whether or not it's it's just off the bench, or if we do really need him in in uh, in disappointing performances like this. So I, for one, at least for now, will not uh, will not really wince at uh, at Thanasis being out there if uh, if he's doing what he does. But uh, something else I wanted to to note that may be something to point at in in these Raptors defeats is that the Raptors were uh, seeing a great deal of success in doubling Chris Middleton, uh, especially in the fourth quarter when it was just Chris plus the bench. I think that's, that's a real good way to play it when he's our only starter out there. Obviously we're missing uh, Drew Holiday in this rotation. So maybe that could have been an option um, with a, with a healthy Bucks roster. But um, you know, this is where, this is where the strengths show in a, in a lineup with uh, with no center. If if Pascal Siakam can can fill that void, then you're then it's easier for you to 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 double and recover if Chris is able to pass out of that. But that's exactly what the Raptors want. They want to get the ball out of Chris Middleton's hands in this situation. Um, but the Bucks did eventually bring it into a ten point lead. They did so twice, uh, but that would be about as close as it would get at this point um, as once they got to a, to a 10 point lead there were, there would be back to back plays of of OG Ananobi using his body to get the, to the cup as i mentioned before um, not something we w- we would have expected to see coming into this game but something that uh, something that uh, he definitely proved he could do to us and then another time here the bucks would bring it back to 10 but then um, that was then followed by a 7-0 seven, seven Raptors run. Um, it was capped off by that DeAndre Bembry dunk, hanging on the rim, staring down a, staring down a Bobby Portis that would lead to a, bug, a bud timeout. Towards the end of this game, of course, Giannis would foul out, but the game was already the Raptors. That, foul, that last foul call was actually called as a flagrant one, and I actually thought it could have been a flagrant two. As I've gone over, flagrant one is... Solely has to do with contact to the head, which clearly there was as Giannis straight up elbowed OG Ananobi. But uh, flagrant two um, main criteria there is intent. And it seemed like Giannis really paused to sort of think about what he was doing and deliberately uh, extended his extended his elbow towards OG Ananobi. So I think it could have been a flagrant two. Maybe the refs were... Just kind there and showing our guy some superstar treatment for once. Um, he, he had already fouled out, so it hadn't really mattered anyway. And the Raptors had this one in the bag. So I'm glad they didn't call that flagrant two on Giannis, but it would have been hard to argue um, if they did. Now, looking at the stats in this game, I thought it was kind of uh, remarkable that that there didn't seem to be huge discrepancies um, as far as from the... from um, like a turnovers standpoint, turnovers didn't really seem to change much from the half point 
from the halfway point that I had mentioned before. I think both teams had had around five turnovers um, in the second half. So turnovers didn't end up being too much of a difference by the end of this game. Rebounding numbers were around the same, if not favoring the Bucks. Um, number of threes, as far as three-point percentage goes, I think that was close to Re- really the only stat that jumped out to me as a big disparity were the Bucks only shooting 39.8% from the field, 35 of 88 to the Raptors, uh, 48.7% um, on 38 of 78 uh, shooting. But there you see that the Bucks did end up with 10 more shooting possession there. There they were just still un- unable to convert as much as the Raptors there. So hopefully that wasn't too painful for, <laughs> for all of you Bucks fans out there to relive, but... Um, definitely a lot of takeaways to to um, to look at, and um, but still, I don't think it's time to panic. Uh, to give myself and the listeners a break from that um, painful memory, I'm going to look to, of course, our normal sponsors, and that is Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in your respective sport. Uh, you can choose choose you can choose five out of ten player prop options to build your lineup. So this might be useful if you're like me, where uh, maybe you're a little obsessive in one sport like basketball, but more of a casual in football where you enjoy to watch, but you're the guy like me, always asking questions when you're watching with friends. So um, if you think you can pick out um, the best five out of out of a 10-player lineup there for yourself, I think this is something you could take advantage of. Each prop is uh, has a fantasy point total associated with the over-under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is naturally. You want to rack up the most points uh, to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2.2 million in prizes since launching in 2018, including um, $50,000 guaranteed in prizes for uh, a specific week uh, in this past NFL season, and thousands more um, since the NBA's return. So use promo code Giannis, that's G-I-A-N-N-I-S, when you sign up today and you'll receive an instant deposit match up to $50.00. On your first deposit of $20 and more, download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or uh, visit their website www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. All right, so maybe we can get to a a bit of a mood shift here as we can talk about the final um, game of the week and uh, the beginning of a new winning streak, hopefully, as the uh, Bucks won against the Thunder 98 to 85. Of course, that's the second straight game where the Bucks didn't reach, um, didn't reach a hundred total points. But coming into this last game, they were still second in offensive rating in the league despite all these losses. Um, of note is that there was a change in the starting lineup, and that was uh, with uh, DJ Augustine. Um, to me, I was, I mean, shouldn't have been shocked that there was. A change in the starting lineup. I don't know what else there would, there would be, but kudos to Bud for mi- mixing it up, and it definitely paid dividends, of course, even though the Thunder had actually had some more point guards to field in this game, and Teo Maladon 
Uh, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, their number one option, of course. Lou Dort, Darius Baisley, familiar foe for us, and Al Horford. Um, uh, particular familiar foe, foe, foe for uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, and I think, and I think this kind of made made sense to me. Of course, in hindsight, that um, that having a true point guard to go out there and uh, just be a more reliable reliable ball handler in the absence of Drew Holiday would be of particular use with our starting uh, lineup against more difficult defenses. So, um, <laughs> again, in hindsight, it makes sense that this that this DJ Augustine shift would, would work out for the bus, Bucks. But of course, um, this is more of the outcome that we would want to expect from a team with. Uh, title aspirations. Uh, Giannis would open this, open this game with his signature uh, Giannis baseline line slam and a mean mug, uh, setting the tone for the team. I also uh, noted a play that I would like to see more. I'd like to see kind of a bit more uh, action from Giannis on on uh, either side of the court, um, kind of using using the out of bounds line as as um, you know to his favor so that uh, so that opponents can't really wall him off as as easily from both sides and Giannis took advantage of this by slowly uh dribbling into the into the wall there and then kicking kicking it out to DJ Augustine for a corner 3 in which by uh dribbling into the wall um but still um slowly and under control he was able to to dish it out to DJ Augustine and then serve as a uh as a screen to uh, whomever would be uh, running back out to the three-point line after DJ Augustine, that's something I'd like to I'd like to see more. Um, maybe there has been quite a bit of that, and that's part of the Bucks game plan. But just something I noticed in this game that I that I particularly enjoyed. Also noted that there was generally a higher energy energy from the Bucks in this game, um, but also of course from the Thunder who. Um, despite these low-scoring games, they're actually they were actually ninth in uh, pace entering this game according to the, the broadcast. Um, and then uh, by the end of the second quarter here, uh, the Bucks did start to heat up from three. Um, as uh, after one quarter, they were only uh, one and nine, but then in the second quarter, they were four of nine. A bit more respectable clip there from three-point line. Um, and then also, um, as I had mentioned earlier. From those sluggish uh, Thunder games, particularly the second one, um, the Gnosis would actually get some early rotation minutes, um, and that definitely paid dividends as there were several offensive rebounds in one play, at least two, probably three, in uh, the closing play of the half, which uh, um, also led to Thanasis shooting uh, free throws. And yeah, that's exactly the energy that we want uh, from Thanasis and what will keep him um, in the lineup as long as we need that extra burst from him. I don't think this is particularly an indictment on Torrey Craig, even though he's kind of the odd man out now in the rot- rotation. I think if we particularly need need uh, some extra energy that only Thanasis will, will provide, it only makes sense positionally that Craig will be the one out. Um, but of course, I will still remain a Torrey Craig stand, and I think he'll be useful in situations where... Um, Especially against tougher opponents, we'll need him to check a, a specific uh, offensive star. Uh, at the halfway mark, Chris Middleton um, was um, 
was filling it up for the Bucks uh, with 11 points, uh, an assist, and six rebounds, five of 12 shooting. Um, in 19 minutes, the Bucks were up up 46 to 42 at half. Still a little close for comfort as Bucks fans maybe um, were still a bit nervous here, but. Luckily, we finally got to see a, a huge Bucks run that we had, we had been waiting for in all these games, uh, which from about a minute and a half to um, a little more than, pardon me, that was a minute and a half left in the second quarter to um, almost nine minutes into the third quarter. The Bucks would go on a 16-0 run um, in which Bryn here, um, now on the bench, was providing a huge uh, shooting punch for us. Um, <laughs> DJ Augustine also... Hit a really tough uh, leaning three off of a screen as as the shot clock was coming down uh, late in this game. But um, you know those familiar Bucks runs um, was was uh, also followed by um, an all too familiar uh, opponent run here from the Thunder. They were uh, they went on a sixteen to six run from about a minute forty five in the third quarter to. Uh, the nine and a half uh, minute mark in the fourth quarter, but then both teams would end up going uh, scoreless for the next two minutes, which, um, you know, kind of fortunately not too unexpected considering what we've seen from, um, from the Bucks this past week, but also the Thunder um, not being, uh, not being an opponent that strikes the most fear in the Bucks eyes, even though that, that definitely uh, bit us in the butt this past week. Um, there's also a, a, a really a really interesting occurrence here about halfway through the fourth quarter there were about three jump balls in a in about a minute and a half span um, which just kind of showed um, you know how, how how much of a tough competitive game this this one still was um, you know even, even given even given the uh, kind of difference in tra- trajectories for these two teams, luckily the Bucks would come up victorious here on a uh, ninety-eight to ninety-five uh, final. Still a little, little close when when looking um, when seeing that there, but um, Giannis would actually once I get back to that that point he. Um, he had a season-high 19 rebounds to go with his 29 points and 8 assists. Close to another uh, triple-double here for him. He shot uh, 10 of 20 from the field, accompanied by 3 blocks and a steal. Um, and also shot 8 of 10 from the line. So that uh, 10 free-throw attempt mark is kind of uh, what I looked for uh, at the end of games. Is I remember that was, that was his average uh, that that uh, a broadcast had pointed out uh, a week or so ago where he was at that point, at least around, around the 10 free throw attempt mark was, was good for at least a uh, top five or top three in the league. So, um, you know, even though he, uh, even though sometimes he gives us those six of 11 games, uh, um, you know, I, I believe that he still has some more of these eight, eight to 10 games in him too. And he, he just gives himself a chance at least at some free shots, uh, naturally at the free throw line if he keeps getting there and that's what we want from him uh, it's also a shine of his aggression that we want him to bring each game but um, I'm not going to start doubting that uh, 
of Giannis uh, just from this long skid here for the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, but yeah, that's that's about all I have for you uh, today. Uh, for the listeners, this one <laughs> was particularly difficult to me for me to unpack here. Obviously, a uh, little bit of unknown territory. Our first, as mentioned, first five-game losing streak since the 2016-2017 season. That's, of course, a uh, uh, bit of a Jason Kidd coaching staff era. Also, I believe it was Bleacher Report shared another stat that um, that the last team to go on and win a championship uh, after having a five-game losing streak at all was uh, the 2011 uh, Dallas Mavericks, who also were a bit of a, an anomaly there. Um, or I would just say, I don't know if, I don't want to be that disrespectful to that uh, great Dallas Maverick team who defied odds, but um, I would just go on to say maybe not the the template you would be looking for in, in a usual uh, NBA championship team. Nonetheless, I still do not think it's time to panic. We knew that we wanted the Bucks to try out um, some more stuff during the regular se- season, even at the expense of losses. So if this means that we'll get more success in the playoffs due to this, if this makes us stronger, like Giannis had alluded to in some of his uh, post-game uh, comments during the stretch, um, then I think if, it's, if it, then I think it's a win if we can see uh, if we can win an extra series at least in these in this upcoming postseason. Uh, if you have any thoughts on what I've shared today, you're more than welcome to share them with me on Instagram or, or Twitter at NuckIfYouBuckNBA. The U is just the letter U. Everything else is spelled how it sounds. And with that, I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.